0: sure all of us have heard the expression kicking and screaming. It means resisting going into something or showing resistance to doing something. And I know that many of you parents with little kids know that, uh, that phrase very, very well. Might know it a little bit better than others when some of the little ones might have a meltdown here or there. Uh, and even if most of us aren't little kids, I still think that each of us can tend to go into things kicking and screaming once in a while, even if we don't like to admit it. I know for me, sometimes when the alarm rings early in the morning and I have to get up, this morning was one of those days, kind of get up kicking and screaming a little bit. Or uh, me in particular, going to the gym. I know the Tuesday after Labor Day was particularly difficult after eating a lot of barbecue over Labor Day weekend, I knew going to the gym was not gonna feel good on that Tuesday morning, but I went rather reluctantly, uh, one could say, kicking and screaming. And while these are a little bit more humorous examples for us, uh, another way I think that uh, we can kind of go into things kicking and screaming deals with the subject of suffering. And it's a reality at the heart of our readings today. And suffering is something that each and every one of us experiences. It's a part of the human condition, and it is a difficult thing to undertake uh, when we are going through suffering. But something that we can, if we aren't careful, approach with a kicking and screaming type of attitude. Now, to be clear, it is not childish to avoid suffering. I don't want anyone to get that interpretation. It's natural for us to want to avoid suffering. If we enjoyed suffering, then it wouldn't be suffering. Uh, it's suffering for a reason. And there's nothing at all in the, in the scriptures saying that we should like suffering, seek it out, uh, or enjoy it in any way, shape, or form. So I don't want anyone to get that impression here. But all too often, I think we view suffering like St. Peter does— in the gospel today. Because Christ tells his disciples that he is going to have to suffer. He is going to suffer and die and go through his bitter agony and passion for the sake of the world. That he will be rejected by so many people. And what is Peter's response? He rebukes Jesus. In another one of the gospels, the account is, that he tells Jesus, God forbid that anything like that should ever happen to you. And at least to me in my interpretation of this passage, it shows to me that Peter, in this stage of his journey, doesn't have a very good attitude towards suffering. He'll eventually get there. This is a man who would suffer and die for Jesus on his own. But at this stage of his journey, Peter does not yet have a good attitude toward suffering. He sees it as something base, something almost subhuman, something that is beneath him, and therefore certainly something that is beneath God, beneath Jesus. And so he tries to persuade Jesus not to undergo suffering. But Christ tells him that it is precisely something not beneath him, and therefore something not beneath us. Suffering is something that God entered into. Suffering is not something that we should detest or abhor, but something that we should accept with faith. And we see this in our first reading from the prophet Isaiah. And this first reading, ironically, is the first reading on Palm Sunday every year where we commemorate Jesus' suffering and death. It's a very beautiful reading for both of these realities. And we hear Isaiah writing that he gave his back to those who beat him. He did not shield his face from buffets and spitting. He willingly accepted this suffering without any resistance, without kicking and screaming. But he also throws in another detail sort of at the end. He shows that he has great faith in God in the midst of his suffering. He says, the Lord God is my help. Therefore, I am not disgraced. Who will prove me wrong?" Isaiah had faith that the suffering he was undergoing in that moment would not have the last word. And in fact, his suffering drew him closer to God. He made a great act of faith in the midst of his suffering. Isaiah knew that suffering could be fruitful, not just for him, but for others which is probably another reason why Peter was so resistant to see Jesus suffer, because Peter probably did not see any good coming from that suffering. He probably figured it suffering can't accomplish anything, so why should Jesus have to undergo it? And I think this in particular is the reason that Jesus rebukes Peter so strongly. Because getting us to think that suffering doesn't have any benefit or fruit is a common tactic of the evil one. And I think, uh, again, this is why Jesus told Peter, get behind me, Satan. Because Satan tries to get us to think that suffering is fruitless, that there is no point to it. I think this passage is Satan's attempt to sow a little doubt in Jesus' mind about the fruitfulness of his future suffering. He tries to get in Peter's head to get into Jesus' head as well. Through Peter, he tries to sow a little bit of doubt in Jesus' mind that suffering can be fruitful. But thankfully, Jesus says, no. It can be difficult for us to wrap our heads around it, but it shows us there is fruit in suffering. The fruit of Jesus' suffering was our salvation, our redemption. And if Jesus can have fruit coming from his suffering, then we can have fruit coming from our suffering too. Suffering can be a privileged path to God. It's actually necessary and crucial to being a disciple, to being Christ-like, to following him, following Jesus in suffering. Jesus makes suffering synonymous with being a disciple in this passage, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And This is so real for all of us who go through suffering in so many ways, whether it's the relative who's passed away recently due to tragedy, the the marriage that is struggling or going through a divorce, or even the pain of abuse. This is all very real for us, the ways that we suffer so much in our lives. But they can be a privileged path for us to follow Christ. And really, when we are able to do this, when we follow Christ in the midst of suffering, uh, we're following him not just in the act itself, but how he suffered. Because how did Christ suffer for us on the cross? He suffered willingly, obediently, and even courageously. If any of you have ever seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ, you notice when they show a close-up of Jesus carrying the cross, he's almost hugging it. He's got it up against his face. It's almost caressing it, like it's something he loves so dearly that he is embracing willingly. But how often do we take the opposite approach? We want to keep the cross at an arm's length distance. But as Fulton Sheen tells us, the splinters of the cross are more terrifying than its beams And the whole of it is much easier to carry than just a part. Christ accepted his suffering and passion just as he accepted every blessing that God gave him. And for us, too, this is another important lesson that when we can't accept suffering, it becomes harder for us to accept the good things of God as well. Look at the prophet Job. He says, when we accept good things from God, should we not accept evil? When God allows us to suffer, He invites us to be with His Son, to be with Him. As painful as that might be in that moment, we are with God when we are suffering. And to be with God is the the best place for us to be. And even Jesus wrestled with this in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in His agony, yes, agony over His upcoming passion and suffering, knowing what would happen to Him, He said with great faith, not my will, but your will be done. Christ did not enter into suffering kicking and screamingly. He did not enter into suffering even reluctantly. He entered into it with faith, hope, and love. Love for God, love for us, and it shows us that God calls to suffering those whom he loves. God loved his beloved son so much that he called him to enter into suffering. And in many ways, God calls us to do the same as well. So, brothers and sisters, may we willingly take up our crosses this day and every day to accept our sufferings, lose our lives for Jesus' sake, and follow him to the cross.